Welcome to At The Line NBA Podcast, talking NBA, Spurs, and everything in between. Now your hosts, Ty Yeager and Mac Pena. All right, guys, let's get started. This is At The Line Spurs Podcast. I'm Ty Yeager here with... Mac Pena. Perfect. All right, we just begin, we've just finished our third game that we've been we're playing to follow of Spurs against 76ers in a it was like a hurtful loss, but it wasn't a bad loss. I, I I don't know. Um, I know the general consensus is it was a pretty embarrassing, hurtful loss, but I, I think um it it wasn't as bad as as we think or as as people are putting it out to be. Sorry. Spurs Twitter. <laughs> Spurs Twitter is a different whole thing. Us Spurs fans are just a whole different class in itself. But we'll get back to that. First, we need to recap the rest of the game. So far, we had three games in the since we last recorded. Spurs won against the Timberwolves on Friday, the Clippers on Sunday, and then the 76ers today. Let's get started with the Timberwolves game. That was a 116-113 win over the Timberwolves. Spurs took that one pretty close game and didn't have DeMar, who finally got some rest that game. Yeah, I thought um, I thought that was a perfect game to rest DeMar. Um, you know, I know Minnesota is is one of those fringe teams that's still fighting, vying for a, a playoff spot. And, and, you know, they have all the talent in the world. I mean, they have Andrew Wiggins, they have Cat, they have, you know, like a, a great-looking MVP-esque um, or former MVP-esque um, Derrick Rose. You know, and a lot of complimentary pieces. So they can, I, I think if they eventually write the ship, I mean, they can make a definite, a, a good push, at least to make the playoffs. But um, I think that was probably the perfect uh, time to rest Amar because, you know, the next one was, um, was the Clippers who are currently in the, um, currently in the playoff hunt. So, you know, you definitely want to play him against that. And we'll get to that later. Um, and then also, of course, against, um, the Sixers, who, you know, we definitely needed him, and we'll get to that a little bit later, too. But the Minnesota game was, you know, there is a um, a trend that I think everybody's starting to see and has seen for quite a while, and that's starting these slow starts. And I'm, I'm sure you have some words on it, but um, to me, I think these slow starts are really hurting them, and it's making the team expel a lot of energy. Um you know, and, and they lose it in the fourth quarter, you know, and, and so that's when, you know, these, these games get slip, slip away is in these fourth quarters that they're, they're gassed, you know, and so they can't make the same, um, the same efforts as they would if they didn't, you know, get in that hole early in the, in the lead or in the game. I don't know if you have some thoughts on that, Ty. Yeah, it's, I've looking at my notes over the past three games, the one consistent thing, it, there's been two consistent things that I've seen from both, from all three games. One are the slow starts that we, oh, we they have been having. And it's just sometimes the Spurs fans, they feel like it's odd now if they don't have a slow start. But I honestly do not want that to be a norm because if you get a slow start against the Warriors, the Warriors are going to get up on you maybe 20 points and you will never get out of that hole. We saw that with the Clippers where Spurs kind of never got out of that hole throughout the whole game. But with the Timberwolves, they... They started out slow, but they were able to get... The Timberwolves were kind of acting slow as well. Cat went out of the game pretty early, which helped them out a lot, just getting fouled. But the, th- the second thing that's been the consistent 
for all three of these games and was definitely a big showing point in the Timberwolves game. The beautiful Spurs bench. There were 38 points total between Marco, Davis, Dante Cunningham, and Jakob Pertl. Yeah, um, and and you're absolutely right. I think the bench has played phenomenally, you know, these, these past few games. Um, it, Patty has has you know started finding his stroke and I think he's shooting excellent um and then you know you have Davis who who is extremely underrated as a three-point shooter you know you hear these people you know you hear these NBA experts always and all these Twitter people always talking about like great shooters and they mention Clay they mention Steph of course obviously because they need to but Davis is never in that you know in that conversation and again it's because he's part of the Spurs system, but I mean, he's shooting at a super high clip right now. Um, it, it's, it's kind of insane how, how good he's shooting. And I think there's a tweet or, or Marco Bellinelli, um, you know, wants him to go into uh, three point, the three point shooting contest, which he should, I mean, because he has Davis has as good uh, shooting three point shooting percentage as Steph Curry. So, you know, why not? Yeah. And it's, uh, I can see why some people don't mention him. He's not an all-round mm-hmm. player like Steph Curry or any like some of the top shooters are between Clay and Steph. But whenever the most reliable shooter on this team is Davis, and you know that if you give him the ball, he's probably going to make it. And he sh- should definitely be a candidate for three-point contest. If he is, he's going to be the I think the first one since Marco won it in a few years ago. And mm-hmm. but I really love see I love Davis. He's one of my favorite players. He's the one guy I never trade on 2K. So it's you always that dude is just reliable on three point shooting. And in this game, he actually put some pretty decent defense late into the game. He stopped Rose from putting up a three to tie it up. It, Davis has his flashes on defense, but he's just a good he's a good offensive player no matter what. He's always moving around. He finds his space, sets screens, and just whenever you need a three ball, you know that if that ball is going out of the going off of Davis's hands. It's gonna be a laser. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think he's he's shown he's proven or he's shown that he definitely deserves to be in the rotation and get a, a lot more, you know, a lion's share of those minutes. Um, and his his ratings are just are just crazy. Like his you know his defensive ratings and his offensive ratings are 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 awesome. And that's something that you need. You know, the offense moves much better when he's on the floor. Offensively, you know, if his offensive rating is 115, um, and then his defensive rating is 106. So the Spurs are, are playing really, really well when Davis is on the court, um, and that could be rotation-wise, you know, with with who he's with, like when he's he's with Pirtle, um, because Pirtle, you know, can can suck it, suck in a lot of a lot of the defenders and kicks out. He's he's a really good passer too, so so that's why it helps him. But at the same time, like you said, like Davis is just that reliable person, especially when he's doing one of those like run up threes. You know, he's he's trailing the play, and then you know they take it into the they're they're gonna do they take it into the paint, but then they kick out, and Davis is trailing that play, and he comes in, just boom, pops it, done. You know, it, it's just he's he's a more consistent Marco Bellinelli. <laughs> like if Marco took all these crazy, you know, one footed shots or sidestepping shots. You know, and he's super accurate with that. That's that is Davis Bertans, but he's not doing those crazy jumps. 
And yeah, Davis is just a straight shooter, and it, it works out. And then Davis still has had his Marco Bellinelli type shots before, and he's made them before. I'm not sure, sure if he made one one of these games or if I'm thinking a different game, but he still has his moments. Uh, moving on to our main players, Rudy and Lamar. Rudy was playing physical throughout the whole game. He was he had kind of had to be that spark without Demar on the court. He would finish the game with 22 points, four rebounds, and five assists. But the thing I always love about this team is that Lamarcus has been showing up when. Ever. He's been showing up during this DeMar slump for in every game. That game was no 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 different. 25 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, almost a double-double. And he was showing up on both sides of the court, too. Yeah, I think um, I think there's a great tandem, um, you know, between between Rudy, LaMarcus, and, and DeRozan. And, and you've seen it, and you just mentioned it, that, you know, they, they pick up a lot of the pieces where... When DeRozan, especially since DeRozan's been in the slump, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but he, they've done a great job of, of carrying him and 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 kind of helping him through, and so that way it doesn't allow the team to suffer as much. And and DeRozan has done a great job of being um, involved in other capacities. Um, but I think Rudy is that type of person that like whenever you need something to get done, he does it. Like for some reason, he just he finds that extra gear and is able to to get you what you need and and it's it's been amazing um you know he's had these games where you know i think was this the, the his first game back from his uh, injured wrist i think it was right i believe so yeah yeah i mean he he's playing with an injured wrist and he and he drops 22 points like that's pretty amazing and he that's cuz he took some some hits on on a hand that you know throughout the game so even still like with everything or you know, even though he makes some mistakes here and there or, you know, will cause a foul here and there that, you know, he's doing everything that he can. And it's really refreshing after, you know, the season we're coming from. All right. So with it, so the Spurs take the win there, take the win against the Timberwolves, 116-113 on Friday the 18th. Now we go into the Clippers game. I didn't get to see too much of this, but this was a 103-95 loss. And from looking at the stats, Spurs were not in it at all. No, yeah, that was one of those losses that just... You knew it from the beginning, and I think a lot of people knew it from the beginning that uh, it was it was going to be it was going to be a rough night. Um, it's for some reason I don't again I don't know what happened where they just they weren't they weren't in sync. It, you know, Pow and I guess the, the Pow dynamic played a little bit more into here into the game, but. Um, it just it just didn't it wasn't a very good game to begin with overall it was a sloppy game they were not in that game the, the entire way i think it was probably one of the one of the rougher losses that we've had i mean i know we've lost against the suns and the bulls and and some of the, the, the sloppier teams but we can you know we attribute those to they're just playing down to the comp type thing but this one i mean you know the clippers it's a playoff team or a playoff bound team and they just you know, again, and, and this is one of them. This is one of those things where it happened where they got they got down early and they just couldn't dig themselves out of that hole. And they got um, they got close to digging out of that hole, but they just couldn't they just couldn't get through. They didn't have the energy and Demar's slump was still moving on through with that game too, to the point where he's yeah. to the point where he says because he they because after the game they asked him Demar what are you worried about this slump or are you physically okay after taking a rest of the game before and Demar said. I'm physically okay. I'm just playing like shit. You know, and I think um that that sincerity 
that that genuineness in 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 who he is and that complete honesty in who he is i think that shows a lot about his character and in what he's bringing to this team um you know last year this team really i mean we we're shrouded in darkness you know for for the most of the season um and we didn't know what was going on this was the first time that uh, you know spurs ever faced anything like this and so i think having someone like demar um is really really changing the, the complexion of the spurs in, in a positive way i mean because la the same thing la is more along the lines of of, of Kawhi, where he's pretty reserved he doesn't you know he doesn't blurt out these these one-liners he doesn't say stuff like you know i'm playing like shit like you know he's 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 professional in all his in all his appearances and interviews but he's just he, he's there for 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 that for what he's there for boom that's it you know what you see with lamarcus is what you get and that's it but with demar and with some of these younger guys like Dejounte and, and lonnie um you know and rudy to a certain extent you start seeing that they have personality and they're bringing this personality to the Spurs that we've never seen before. And I think DeMar is bringing that, you know, that emotional um, attachment to the team that we've never seen before. Or, well, I would take that back because we have seen it, but what we were missing, um, you know, from last year, especially, you know, because of how everything went down. So I think it's it's kind of refreshing him, hearing him say that and him, him kind of um, being very, infl- like, introspective about it and saying you know what it, it's all on me you know i'm not just there's nothing wrong with me i'm not injured i'm not playing through an injury nothing like that it's just you know i'm playing like shit and and it's you know at least he's right he's right about it and i i was like players that they're they have that not not embarrassment but they have that dignity to say that whenever they're playing well and they're whenever they're not and but like you were saying about the emotion and it showed early on when DeMar started with the Spurs. I forgot which game was. One of the first home games of the season, DeMar made a clutch shot, and you could see the crowd exploding, and he was just happy. He had this big smile on his face, and he's emotional, and some people might not like that. People were worried going into the season, oh, no, you're going to have a disgruntled DeMar. I was like, no, I'm excited, because that means that dude has a chip on his shoulder, and he's going out for blood. But yeah. go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I guess this is kind of a good segue to um, talk about his his slump. Um, you know, and and he played exactly like that with that chip on his shoulder in the very beginning of of the season, and and I mean he was just, he was putting up numbers. People were were just like, holy crap! You know, we've never seen this type of Demar before. We we've seen the scoring Demar, but we've never seen like the assist and the rebound Demar, and so. Um, yeah, he absolutely came out on fire with that. Um, and then I think it just after the Toronto game, kind of just checked out a little bit. Uh, I mean, I don't know, you know, what your thoughts are on that, but, you know, I think ever since the Toronto game, it just kind of just threw things out of whack or, you know, he's, he's going through things mentally, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a mix because before that. It all kind of leads back to one player, which we will talk about later with a guest. But and you know who I'm talking about. I think or any Spurs <laughs> fan that follows his team knows who I'm talking about. But once that player kind of got back into the rotation, it just kind of messed things up all around. I think it messed up Demar a little bit, and Demar just kind of slumped. He was making, I think he was trying too much to be a team player. Sometimes he was trying to pass the ball too much, but it was causing turnovers. 
And I think he was trying to become a team player and try to do something different, which I would commend of any player, especially in his ninth, seventh or ninth season, who's he's a veteran and he's trying to change up his game still. But I think the DeMar that we need is the one that can take charge of the offense and score whenever he needs to. But there, the slump was a bit rough for him, but going to this next game at the 76ers tonight that we just saw as we record this on Wednesday, 76ers won 122-120, but this game was a great game to watch if you're a Spurs fan or 76ers fan. I think if you're a general like a basketball fan, it was just a great basketball game going back and forth. Both teams, you know, we're just we're throwing punches and keep coming back. Like it wasn't where it wasn't one of these blowouts like a Golden State Nuggets blowout where they scored 51 points in the first quarter. It wasn't like that. You know, you have these two titans on one side and then these other two titans on the other side with completely different games, but yet they're still able to you know match intensity and um, and, and provide a really really great game, even though it, it didn't turn out the way. We wanted it to. Yeah. <laughs> so before the game, though, I got to mention this. I was planning to m- mention this if we won, but this, it kind of still, I think this works out. Core Brewers. I think it still, I think it still applies. It still because applies. Demar cooked. So before the game on Instagram, Corey Brewer, of who was just recently signed by the 76ers, and actually he's gotten a good starting role with them because he's been playing fantastic with uh, Jimmy Butler, who's been out lately. But he posted a picture of Demar on Instagram and with the caption, you will play your worst game of your entire life thanks to my extreme defense on you, then adding DeMar on there. And let's look at the final stats for DeMar for tonight. DeMar had a pretty good... He got out of his slump finally. I still think part of his slump is there, but he is he seems to be back in form. 26 points on 12 and 19 shooting. Took no three-pointers. So that seems like normal DeMar. Nine rebounds, three <laughs> assists, two steals, block himself. And he only had two personal fouls throughout the whole game. I... Although the only portion of his his slump is still lingering is those turnovers, and you can kind of see them where he's trying to find it. He's driving, but he can't have the lane, so he tried to pass it out, and it just gets intercepted. But besides the turnovers, Demar had a pretty solid game. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's definitely he's definitely doing the right things that he needs to, and I think he's going to come back to that first you know few season or a few games Demar. Hopefully, I mean, this is a great litmus test of where his competitiveness is. And um, I think he showed that he, he he's, he's kind of making making the steps right back, which is great. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, regardless of whether the Spurs won or lost, he still had a great stat line. Um, and he was trying to do everything he could to win the game. Um, and there's, there's, a, there's a few things we can dissect in this game. Like, for example... You know, was it the right move for him? Well, first of all, I guess, was it the right move for him in the very end of the game, you know, with like 40 seconds or 30 seconds left? Should have he ran out the clock a little bit more um, before driving it in or not? I would say honestly no, because I'm always one that likes to play safe. If say that he didn't score, that still gave them time to foul them going in. That's exactly what they did. But he ran the clock down a little bit too much, in my opinion. Where right. they only had one second, and they were just not able to get that out that uh out that inbound pass to work to Marco at the end of the game, but there I it was disappointing end. But I think some people are saying Demar got found, including Mark Cuban, who voiced his opinion on Twitter. 
uh, tweeting at the NBA refs who just recently made a Twitter account. I'm not sure how that's been working, but um, so he he says this is why we have a trust issue with to to official NBA refs. The defender leaves his feet at the circle, lands what's two or three feet inside. Your contact says with eight minute, eight seconds left in the fourth quarter, Chandler was vertical and legal. Vertical question mark really? And if you don't know the play, it's Demar has the ball, kind of run out the clock, drives up the lane. Looks like he's going to get a rebound, but it looks Chandler, Wilson Chandler gets some contact. It looks like it's a block, but he gets some contact on his arm, but there's a no call. And this has been a week. The past week has just been a bad week for no calls in sports in general. Yeah, and, you know, obviously this is especially how heightened the, you know, the refing situation, not just in the NBA, but in, in, in the NFL. I think, you know, obviously all that stuff is going on. So anything officiating wise is, is under an intense scrutiny right now. And so you see, you know, you see all over the internet where they're playing this, this DeMar play, um, him going up and, and Chandler kind of following him, not even vertically, but diagonally. So, you know, Mark Cuban brings up a good point, you know, what that's not even vertical if he's if he's following along with him you know um at a diagonal how is that not how is that still not called a foul you know um and you can slow it down and 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 you know funny that that we mentioned this about and um the official nba is having a, a twitter um because last year they this is last year's when they first started it and last year they reached out to um to actual NBA fans and they had to sit down with them. And I'm actually in one of them. There, there's a YouTube video out there where I meet with um, Mark Davis. I think that's his name. can't remember. But um, we actually sit down and talk about a few things in regards to officiating. And, uh, you know, I'm there. What the official and what the, the official Twitter handle for the NBA refs is doing is, is, is basically a PR campaign. They're trying to get out there and show to the people like, Hey, we're, we're people too. We're doing our best. And this is, this is the reason why, you know, we call these things the way they, that way that we do. And one thing that they did mention was, um, or one thing that, that was really fascinating is when they slow down everything, when, when it's frame by frame, it gives you a way better picture of what happens. And so, you know, in that, in that video that I'm referring to, you know, we were talking about, I think we were talking about James Harden and his flopping. And they said, you know what, like, I, we understand, you know, some people are, you know, we have to, we have to officiate some people differently just because of their game, or we try to officiate everybody like with individuality. And they also mentioned like, as a referee, you know, we ref the defender because that's, that's who's trying to, you know, trying to make the play or whatever. And, um, and so we broke it down and I was wrong. You know, I saw play by play or I saw the frame by frame and I was like, Oh, okay. I see where the contact was initiated and, and why, you know, it was called a foul or, um, or why it wasn't called a foul, whatever, whatever the situation may have been. And so the same thing here, like, I think what they did was they slowed down the frame by frame and it looks like he doesn't make any contact with them. But again, going back to this Mark Cuban tweet about talking about vertical, usually when you mean vertical is just going up and down. And we've seen it where even if you go up and down, but your hands are like a little arched over, they'll call a foul on you. And so they need to really get that a little bit more clear because it's it's ambiguous right now. Like I said, 
he and Mark he, Mark said too. He starts from outside of you know of the restricted area and he's ends up inside. He's following Demar at a diagonal trajectory. Like it's not he didn't meet Demar at the rim and then stuffed him. He followed Demar you know at his trajectory and then like swatted the ball out of his well, out of his hand. Even though I mean that that's a little iffy. You could see that you know it doesn't really see if there was contact in the ball. It looks like there's more contact in the ball than anything. So it looks like a clean block, but the fact that he's following him in the air, I don't, I don't know. And I don't, you can't really see if he puts anything on his, on his body. So, but again, Mark brings up a really good point. So, yeah. And so let's get away from the end of the game. Kind of just like do a quick brief through of the main game itself. Because the Spurs kind of had a good solid performance. Again, they had a slow start as always. I think it's just a normality at this point, but like I said earlier, the other norm for them is the bench coming in clutch for them. And Patty w- was hot. Four for four, two from two for range in the first quarter to, for 11 points. He was the reason that they were able to outscore outscore the 76ers 35-34 in that first half. But uh, in this whole game, there were 10 different lead changes. The game was tied 11. The, the biggest lead of the night was 10 points by the 76ers. Spurs had a biggest lead of eight. So this was a close game throughout, and both teams were shooting fairly similar points. Uh, Spurs were shooting 57% from the field, while 76ers were shooting 50. Uh, Spurs shot at a low 48, which I think Bertans was out tonight for personal issues. And you can kind of see where he's missing. But uh, the 76ers shot the same 47% in free throw percentage. We shot, Spurs shot about 10% better at 86. But you can see the difference in turnovers, because... Spurs were just turning over the ball too much in the first half, and then they eventually in the second quarter, second quarter they were they started pushing turnovers, and 76ers did not commit their first turnover until the second quarter. Jeez. So you know, it's go ahead. It, it, and another thing, um, Ben Simmons, or both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, like they are everything that they're hyped up to be. Um, you know, the way you stop Ben Simmons is you don't allow him to drive to the paint, but the Spurs do not have anybody that can handle him and not allow him to get into the paint. Exactly. They're missing, you know, number two, um, or a number two, someone that can fit in that role, the number two. Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Anderson, the three right. people that we lost, and, they could have been the best. They could the best vendors, and Derek White is just too short compared to Ben Simmons to guard him. Right, he's too short and he's too small. Like, I'm mean, Ben Simmons is a, is a monster, six seven and two hundred something pounds. He's essentially you know? a other Luca, but can can't shoot. Right, exactly, and it, you know, and that's 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 how you you that's how you shut down Ben Simmons. You make him shoot his, you know, the long contested shots. Um, and we don't have that. We don't have that stopper, unfortunately. You know, Rudy, God bless his soul, did his best, but he's a little bit slower. He's you know he's lost. And then also, in his stab. And then so, Adam, he got fouled out, or he was getting foul trouble early on too. That doesn't help. Right, exactly. So I mean, I mean, it's it's because he's a little bit slower. You know, Ben Simmons is what twenty five, um, maybe younger, maybe a little bit older. I'm not too sure how old Ben Simmons is, but I think he's pretty young. Yeah, he's twenty two. Um, he's not twenty five, buddy. He's twenty two. Oh my god! See what I mean? Like this dude's twenty two. <laughs> like it's crazy how these nineteen. 23 year olds are just insanely big um but yeah we don't have we don't have that stopper it's and i think in the draft this draft or come up free agency in the offseason 
Spurs are going to be happy to get DeJounte back, and they're going to be looking for a good wing defender that can do all around sh- scoring too. It can be a good two way. And we'll t- we'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later. But um, yeah. So that was one of the things you you don't have anybody that can stop it. Like there's nobody that can stop Ben Simmons, and we saw it in the fourth quarter, um, in the last two minutes where he takes the inbound pass and he just runs it all the way down and scores, and nobody stops him. Well, he scored that one basket, and then he assisted on on that um on that JJ Redick, you know, three point slash four point play, even though that was such a bullshit call. <laughs> but um I'm sure that's another one that we'll be seeing on the 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 last two minute report. Maybe. But, but so Ben Simmons, um you don't have no one to stop Ben Simmons. And then Joel Embiid is just he's just a monster. Uh, again, he's he's got such a huge arsenal of of playmaking you know, and shot making at, at his disposal. He can shoot the three pretty well. He can shoot, you know, the in-between two pretty well. He can post you up. He's a giant dude, so he's going to post you up. Um, but you can't, you, what you cannot miss from this game, though, was LaMarcus's defense against Joel Embiid. Joel shot 13 for 28 from that whole game, shooting total 46%. He did still score 33 because he just had a huge volume of shots, but LaMarcus was putting up good d- defense this game. Right, right, but and, and you got to look at it inversely. Also, Joel Embiid did really, really well defensively because um, LA only got thirteen points. You know, he was LA was five of twelve. You know, so yeah. LA struggled a little bit, but I think what mitigated that was Demar's resurrection, and that was, you know, that was beautiful to see. Like you said, going back to the whole Corey Brewer thing, um, you know, I think that really. Hopefully that kind of lit a fire under under Demar and was like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not like this punk on a ten day contract, you know, try to punk me. Like, what the hell? But he showed up. I think the next game's going to be even better. But ending these, ending our wrap up of the last game for the Spurs. Spurs go one and two. Currently on a two game losing streak. The last this game was not that was not a bad game at all. It just was a close game at the end. Just didn't finish. But. The one thing that did that made this game pretty close was the big reason was no pal, and we're going to talk with <laughs> Brett Solis about that here at the line. Hey guys, have you ever listened to At the Line and then suddenly think, "Huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast"? Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off you, your podcast. It's called Anchor. And this is what we use here at the line. One, it's absolutely free to use. And guess what? I know some of our hosting websites, they cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free. And there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out, how do what what do I put? How do I get this? It's so confusing. Anchor, although, makes it easy for you, and they will put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many a more podcasting websites. And guess what? The best part of it, you can make money from your podcast, but no minimum listenership. That means you can do your podcast for free while making money. Who doesn't love that? And it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place. 
So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast. All right, and we're back, and we got Brent now in here. What's up, Brent? Where is he? How's it going, guys? There you go. There he is. All right, so we just get we just had a whole total recap of the past three games for this person, including this last game against the 76ers, to where we it was a close game. It was it, it was a t- tough loss for us, only being a bad no call at the end of the game. But there was a there was a good occurrence of where we saw that the Spurs kept it close and Powell Gasol did not enter the game at all. So what's your take on that, Brett? Yeah, I you know I'm glad to see it. You know you you probably see me on Twitter lately. Been harping on the uh, Powell Gasol, not only his lack of production this year, but his in terms of that production. Um, and we're kind of seeing, you know, he he clogs up the space when he's in there. Uh, doesn't allow for that ball run. So you're seeing. That has improved, uh, but there's also still so many more consi- inconsistencies with this. So yeah, we've seen him. So before the before December, we saw him go down with a hand injury, and then we saw our team saw Spurs just have a great, amazing December, probably the best team in all this in December. And so that was without Pow, and then we saw him kind of get introduced at following the Raptors game, and then we saw a decrease in play to where. Powell went to, not Powell, uh, DeMar went to slump. The team just kind of went to slump in general. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with DeRozan right now. Um, it seems like it may not be mental because he seems to be confident that he can get out of it. Something has happened with the, you know, just the flow of this team all around. Um, Pop has been trying some different lineups. Um, I know we've all been aching to see Lonnie get some playing time. We still haven't seen that. Uh, Metu, you know, same same thing. I feel like these guys could really mix the things up right now that, you know, we're having trouble with. Um, we're in crunch time, you know, 10 games before the All-Star turnaround. Exactly. And and so going to trade down, going to a trade deadline, and Powell just does not look like he's a fit for this team at all. And we've seen that Pirtle has become a great backup for coming off the bench. He plays fantastic with our Probably the best bench unit of being Patty, Marco, uh, Pirtle. Who else is in there? Bertans. And then throwing to Rosen or Lamarcus. We have one of the best bench units in the league. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, three-point shooting has been off the chart. Uh, you can tell we missed Bertans tonight. You know, him, him spreading the floor. That size on the wing. I think I even tweeted about it that we saw a lot of deficiencies on the defensive end and on offensive end when it came to our wing size tonight. Uh, Benson killed us, you know, on those swing passes uh, to Redick and every, on those pick and rolls. So, you know, when that bench unit is not whole and not coming in with that same firepower and that same energy, uh, we're seeing that drop off drastically, especially when DeMar DeRozan can't get it going. Lamar is having to carry the load right now. So you said that we, yeah, we, that Benson, we talked about earlier too, where Benson just killed us. We, we don't have that player that can go up against them. We, We'd like to say Derek White would probably be going up on him, but Derek White does not have the size. But we've heard rumors, especially from Jabari, I think it's Jabari Young of the Athletic, to where the Spurs are looking for a wing player. So, so we know that Powell can be moved, but what are those ways that we can move him? Man, I you know I saw some trades today floating around. Uh, Torian Prince has caught my eye. Um, you know that's a homegrown kid that you can go out and get right now. I feel like uh, Atlanta sounds. So to package, you know, Powell up um, 
we'd have to make the money work. So we'd have to take on some money. Um, but package one pick, uh, I'm willing to give up a first for a player like that. Um, it's just that contract that Pau Gasol has right now, it's putting us um, just the sheer amount and the production is not attached with it. So only, you know, motivation the team has to trade for Pau is cap relief. So we have to go after those teams in Atlanta. You know, they're in all sorts of cap trouble along with some other people. So I'm hoping because um, Torian Prince is probably the only guy I see out there that can really help this team. Yeah, so Powell has $16 million for the rest of the season. He's only guaranteed at least $6 million going into next season. So that might help in some trades, but that's still not helpful. Powell is just definitely not a fit in today's league. And he's he's a player, he's a, he's a competitor, and he will always play, but he's just not a fit on this team like you've been saying. Um, so you say that you like Prince, uh, is there you? but you don't see anyone else? Um, another one it's been talked about before, I think in the summer too, is uh, in the Pistons. Uh, he kind of just fits that he looks like a spur from afar. You know, you can kind of see those guys around. The- we wish, you know, they had we had on our roster and he could be one of those guys. We just need a forward position. Um, it's just lacking right now as far as production and and size and flow within the team. So Stanley or Torian Prince has to be if you're the sports front. Yeah, and you, got, you got cut off. You were saying you're talking about Stanley Johnson of the Pistons. But yeah, Correct. yeah. So yeah, we just need a wing player. Mac, what do you think about this? No, yeah, I um, I think uh, off the NBA off season and the trade deadline are some of my favorite times in sports because everybody gets really riled up, and it's it's great to see you know all of Twitter plays with just these random random um, Twitter trades, you know, Twitter NBA trades and trade machine. One maybe. of them. Yeah, trade machine, exactly. ESPN trade machine. <laughs> and everybody goes off of them and people will spend hours and hours and I'm guilty of it. Like I'll just I'll be going in there and seeing how to make how to make the money work, like you know, like Brett was saying. And um so with Atlanta, there's a couple of ways to make it work. And I think if you want to do a package with Pal, um, you would need to bring somebody else over. So someone like Plumley, you know, you would have to bring Plumley and Prince, and then we would have to ship over Pal. And either like Bryn Forbes or Cunningham, someone that's making you know um, making that lower that lower salary, and um, that would definitely, according to the the trade machine, that would be successful. And I think that would work, you know. And throw in a couple of go, throw in a couple of picks or, or a first rounder and a late third or something just to satisfy that you know they're they're, late they're third. stashing this pick, whatever whatever it may <laughs> <Yeah>. be. <laughs> Whatever it may be, whatever you need to do to get Prince over here and a wing defender, and Plumlee is actually really decent center too. He can, um, you know, he can roll alongside LA, and he's, you know, and, and that fits in. Um, and his contract is a little bit better than Powell's too. It's not, it's not sixteen million. It's more along the lines like I think it's twelve point five. So, um, you know, that might be one one trade package there that Atlanta might, you know, might be interested in. Um, Stanley Johnson's another good one, and the Pistons do have some assets that they can trade over. Um, I don't see them taking on Powell. I think the most realistic place that Powell can go is probably Atlanta. I mean, because they don't have anything like like Brett was saying. It's it's all about um cap relief for them. So you know, I think Atlanta. I think that Atlanta one has some weight to it, and hopefully that's what comes it comes down to where we do get a good defender. Okay, so Prince is what twenty two years old, twenty four. 
um, and he's he's still super young. He's and he's extremely athletic, and he can. Go, he's a great. He's a pretty good defender. So, so having that first round, that late first round, as opposed to you know getting Prince. I, I mean, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good deal for a first rounder, even right. if it's like the Toronto pick. And Prince is twenty five. Same Marcus boy, so he could probably fit in down here, play with the Baylor Bears. But yeah, like you guys are saying, Plumlee's only thirty. He's much seven years younger than Powell, and probably much more athletic than Powell is currently. But yeah, I, from my opinion, we need Spurs need a wing player and possibly get a big man out of it too, because the big man depth of Pirtle and Lamarcus is not going to help us rebound at all. But who are your untouchables though, if there is going to be a trade? Because you may have to throw in a young player on in a trade. Who would you trade, and who are you not trading? And as a young player, um, Brett, you can take this one first, buddy. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Um, because all our young guys right now, I love, but we're at a point where we do have to make a move this season or, you know, we just have to go forward with our player development. So if I had to let one go, um, I think he has shown in NBA teams that he can be a great, you know, uh, role player off the bench that can knock down threes. Um, he's definitely shown that this year, huge improvement from last year. So I think he's the sweetener, you know, if it comes down to adding a young, uh, um, or young upcoming role player, that's, that's the person you, yeah, you're talking about Brent Forbes. Keep getting cut off, man. But, uh, yeah, you're talking about Bryn. I agree. Bryn is probably the one guy I would trade, even though we have a team of, of three-point shooters. Bryn would be on my trade on my trade list. Uh, Mac, who do, you, who do you have? No, I yeah. Um, I think right now the only untouchables are Derek, um, Derek DeJounte, and Lonnie, um, and DeMar. I think everybody else outside of those people are, are untouchable. Or, or you know you can trade you can do what do with them what you want and I know people are gonna say like um, you know that Demar needs to get traded and LA needs to get traded but you know I think those four guys you build something off of those four guys and I like I like I love Pirtle I think he's great um, and I think he's gonna be a really good um, center in the future but um, you know if it comes down to it and they need to trade him out for something then then so be it but I would I, he's kind of on that fringe bubble of not trading. <laughs> For me, yeah, it's for me. A lot, of, a lot of our players are untouchable in a trade, just because how well this team can play. And but I think Bryn is on. Bryn is a touchable player. I, Dante Cunningham is touchable. Quincy Pondex is touchable. As much as I don't want to say it, Metu is touchable, even though I love him. But uh, but I don't know, man. Metu is really like he's he's another one of those that's like on the fringe because he has a lot of potential. It looks pretty. He, what he can, what he's bringing, what he offers pretty impressive yeah it's i love matt too and I, that's why he's on a fringe of you should you trade him should you not trade him if you're going to get someone for right now if you're still thinking about future you keep matt too because matt too is if you look at him he, that dude is quick for his height yeah i think um i think the spurs did a really good job in incorporating youth quickly um you know because all you see a lot of these other teams and atlanta is a perfect example where they're kind of in this um limbo of like rebuilding where they don't know exactly what they're doing and they're not competitive and i think the spurs completely bypassed that like they just made their own road and you know kind of did this this new thing where people thought we were going to be nothing you know in the beginning of the season and lo and behold we're still in the playoffs fighting for a spot so and and you know like i think charles said or somebody else said you know a couple weeks ago or a week ago we have eight new players on the roster and the fact that we're still a 
a playoff team with eight new people, that's it's pretty insane. Yeah. So, do you guys have any last opinions on Powell? Um, I think I think it's pretty telling, you know, that um, the Spurs do so much better, and, and I think it's it goes it goes to his ego where you know he thinks he's still a um, you know a good player and and he can still be valuable. And it's the Carmelo it's the Carmelo Anthony effect. It's like for some reason he's holding on to those glory days where he thinks he can still go out there and drop you know thirty points, but Melo. Just, just hang it up, dude. And the same thing with Powell. Like, Powell, you're a champion. You've earned it. You've done everything. You know, we understand you're great and you're going to be, you know, a Hall of Famer. But you don't need to go out there and 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 try to prove yourself like you're not worthy. Like, it's just, just hang him up, dude. All right, Brett, your last, your last opinion? Yeah, I just, I hope something gets done sooner, sooner rather than later. Um, I love Powell and for his historic run he had in the NBA. I just think it's time, you know, move forward and really change the the face and identity of yeah this team. So, all right, so all right, let's get away from Spurs. Let's kind of go around the NBA real quick. First, first thing I want to mention because we're just some tonight's action. We got there's a lot of good action going on tonight. All right, so I'm gonna play you guys a clip. This clip is amazing. If you've seen this, I'll I'm gonna let you guys listen to it first, and I'll tell you what's going on. Uh, still much time remaining. Trier, three clutch free throws in a row. Yeah, but they're going to use their 24. Oh, that's the ball is live. Finally, banks it home. And it's a one-point So, P.J. Tucker forgot how to how to catch an inbound pass from Eric Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know basketball players can get CTE. Oh that, I mean, that dude just blanked. Oh, so Eric Gordon did a, like a short pass, but and like TJ TJ Tucker is right in front of him, but he acts as if the ball was rolling across half court. No, that ball is right by the basket <laughs> with the Knicks <laughs> Nick defender right next to him. <laughs> so and Nick- and the and the defender scores on that play. <laughs> it was just perfect. And that was in a close game too, but I think the Rockets they uh won it out with I think Eric Gordon made clutch shot. If you, you gotta watch that video though, Eric Gordon's respo- reaction is priceless. It's priceless. Yeah, they so the Rockets ended up ended up pulling out that win. Um which doesn't help the Spurs very much, but um I guess in the long run, since Harden is having to exhort a ton of energy, it should help out the Spurs in the long run. Hopefully. So Brett, did you see that? Did you see that video? Yeah, man, that was pretty crazy. Um, I even tweeted about it. It was just kind of one of those plays where you're kind of scratching your head, man. Like, uh, <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> what the hell is going on? All right, the next piece of action, which is fairly recent, because this is a game ongoing as we record. Plumlee and Favors just both got ejected for a fight, and there's possible suspensions following it. But uh, Derek Favors, Mason Plumlee, uh, they were. I don't know if it was the ball was. I think the ball was dead or something, but Mason was getting Derek's face. Derek shoved him. Oh, Mason did not like that. Mason went in. They went for some fist cups. Um, a guy in a blue sweatshirt tried to break him up from the for the for the fan from the crowd. <laughs> blue blue sweater guy is the MVP of the season. But you know um, go ahead, Mason Plumley. Like that dude gets in some in a few altercations. Like I'm surprised. You know, for he's just such a like he's been a journeyman. And for some reason, he just takes no shit from nobody. Yeah, the, that Nuggets team has two white boys you don't want to mess with. Wait, no, no, I'm thinking Joe Ingles on the Joe Ingles on the, Utah I'm, I'm, on the Jazz. But they were both playing at the same time. But t- the two tough white guys in this league, 
Mason Plumley, and you don't mess with Joe Ingles either. Yeah, Plumley Plumley is the Bertans of the uh, Denver Nuggets for sure. But so they they were both toss. Uh, they were tees on technicals on Royce O'Neal and Will Barn. But the biggest question is with the M- NBA's rule on altercations and coming off the bench because this was kind of a this was almost a bench clearing fight. But Nikola Jokic, um, I believe Gary Harris and uh, Jamal Murray, they may have came, they got got off the bench, but they didn't really step on the court. But so there may be possible suspension, especially for Jokic, who traveled the farthest at least. So that's something to keep an eye on the NBA. Um, the other thing is Russ and Embiid going at it, where this this clip where it was the Thunder at 76ers. Let's just take a listen. And they turned them over. Westbrook against Embiid, and Embiid slobbers him. Lands on top of Westbrook. What a collision underneath. And Westbrook shaking up. I'm not Uh sure he needs to go after Embiid. Uh Now, Embiid can't understand why. So, in that clip, it was a, I believe it was a fast break for the Thunder, Westbrook was just going for a rebound, and Joel was coming and finding to block him and just kind of ran into his body. Uh, Westbrook was on the ground for a little bit, and then once he got up, he won't, he was trying to charge Storm at Joel, and that was not going to be fun. Well, I mean, Embiid is a huge man. <laughs> he is. He's like Stephen Adams size. Like it's just, it's just crazy. But but then again, Russell Westbrook is just that type of person that he is not going to stand for anybody's shit, and it's amazing. I mean, I love. I love the aggressiveness, you know, Russ has, even though he's such like a streaky player, like he can be really efficient sometimes, or he can be really off sometimes. I love, I, you know, I love his, I love his attitude that he brings to the game though, all the time. It's always, it's, it's a hundred percent. He's just a complete, you know, he's just a complete monster. And um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to scrap with Russ either. Yeah. So there were comments after the, after the game where he's talking with reporters I would play it, but it has the F word, and that's a, like the one cuss word we're trying to avoid here. But uh, <laughs> so he, he, he was getting he was being addressed by Embiid. He uh, was saying something, and then the reporter asked him, "So were you cool with Embiid?" He's like, "F no." <laughs> that. And <laughs> so he thought it was all going to be fine. Then Westbrook, I'm kind of excited to see the All Star game if the, both of those are going up against each other. Yeah, and it would be. I mean, it's going to be. Well, I mean, I guess. Depending on the format, well, they're doing the the draft format, so I don't know. They might they might end up being on the same team. They oh could no, end up being on the same team. That's going to be interesting to see if that does happen. All right, and this is kind of old news since this happened last week. Essentially, uh, Cousins returning to the to the Warriors. That Warriors team is scary now. It's too scary. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're gelling at the right time too, which is kind of messed up. <laughs> like with all the controversy that we saw in the beginning. Um, of the Warriors and how they were, you know, Steph's injury, Clay's you know, streakiness for his shooting, Draymond not being as effective as he can possibly be. It's just it, they're going to start gelling at, at, you know, of course, obviously after All Star break, and they're just going to start bulldozing through people, just juggernauting through through teams. Going to happen. Yeah. So. Well, that's kind of going around the NBA. Brett, thank you for joining us. We have always, we're always happy to have you on, especially with our pals situation. I know how heated you are. We're about that, but um, thank you for coming on. We'll we'll love to have you on again. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, so what's, Hi, Brett. You what's, have a great day. What's your Twitter, Brett? You guys. 
All right, Brett, you still there? Yeah. All right, what's your Twitter? Twitter handle is B-R-E-T-T, Solis, S-O-L-I-S, and the number 12. So go follow him on Twitter if you love Spurs and if you love hot takes. Go follow Brett on Twitter at Brett Solis 12. Brett, you have a good night, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks. See you guys. All right, so now going out of the NBA, we're going to go to two new segments I want to kind of start, get started with. Started with uh, the first one is the injury roundup. So we're just going to go around the NBA with some injuries that could be affecting teams, short-term, long-term. We'll find out. The first one I'm going to talk about is Anthony Davis's fractured finger. He suffered a volar plate elute. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Evolution fracture on his left index finger. But the news came out right that he could turn next week according to Woj. And but he is being reevaluated on a consistent basis. What do you think about this injury for the for the Pelicans? You know what, man? I mean, this is one of those things where um it's kind of akin to the Kawhi situation. Um, except the Pelican and I mean that in the sense that the 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 amount of impact, the magnitude of impact of the player. You know, Anthony Davis is one of those um those generational talents that is is gonna hurt you know however long he's out um the only thing is the spurs have a much better system in place to mitigate that as opposed to you know new orleans so they're gonna have to have the good thing is they have julius randall who's been playing pretty phenomenal and he's i think he's um if he starts getting a bigger role, he's gonna he's gonna be um, he's gonna be really really good. I mean, he's he's definitely shown that um, he made the right decision by going to to Pelicans and and helping them out there. So um, you know, if he steps up, if Drew Holiday steps up, they really need to see Drew step up big time because without Rondo, I mean, this team's a little bit different in their in their makeup, their complexion. Um, but Drew needs to be that. Drew needs to be that that person that steps up and is the identity of the team going forward. So, right now they're they're still out of the playoffs. You know they're fighting for that, you know for that eighth spot. Um, you know, but they're only four games behind. So, you know, and there's still plenty of games to play. So, and it's tight. The West is, the West is I'm sorry, too tight. The West is too tight, man. Exactly, exactly. Four games is nothing. Four games is nothing. So, so right now, I mean. It's it's a catch twenty two for him. It it really it really depends on on how um hopefully their coach can galvanize him and and they they kind of weather that storm. But with a player like Anthony Davis, like I said, generational generational talent, where it's it's going to be hard to to replace his minutes or his productivity for this next coming week. All right. So the next the next injury is this Lakers team is looking rough lately. They had the groin injury to LeBron at the end of twenty eighteen, and then they had Lonzo who have. Have his own ankle injury. Did the Lakers in panic mode now? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think the Lakers have been pa- in panic mode since LeBron went down. Um, you know, I don't think this this Lonzo, Lonzo injury is as impactful as LeBron, obviously. But um, this is kind of their golden child. You know, Lonzo was their their first pick um, that they chose under new management with Magic. Oh. And it was kind of like their their direction, like, hey, we're going with this guy, and he's going to be, you know, the new face of of, of the franchise type thing. Um, even with, you know, the pag- the baggage that he had, they still wanted to make that investment in him. So, so yeah, I think on the face of it, it kind of hurts, and you know, they're going to miss Lonzo because he, and he's a great he's a great defensive player. Or he's a good defensive player. So, because he's long. 
and he's he's quick and athletic. So, well, yeah, his his offense is not consistent, but his defense is pretty consistent and it can be pretty and can be up there at times. Right, right, exactly. So, so yeah, I think um, while it's not going to be as as impactful as obviously LeBron, I think it's still going to hurt them. I mean, because now they're running what Josh Hart at the one um, at this point, you know. And I I love Josh Hart. He's great, but he's not the same. He's not the um, same player as Lonzo. playmaker. Yeah, he's not the same playmaker as Lonzo. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit tough for them to. Well, I mean, it is tough for them right now to navigate through those waters, especially in the West. Like they've just dropped. They're not even in playoff contention right now. They went from I think the number three or fourth seed um, while LeBron was playing all the way down to you know number nine. So it's pretty tough for it's 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 been a tough time for Lakers fans, which. You know, it kind of makes me happy a little bit. Sorry, yeah, as, as as Spurs fans, we are happy, <laughs> but as an NBA fan, oh no, LeBron's down, Alonzo, Alonzo's gonna be the new god of NBA. No, no, we're not like that. That's Lakers fans. That's all Lakers. Uh, the next injury I want to talk about is Embiid's back has been acting up lately, and he and it's kind of been a toss up of should they sit him, should he he play, run the risk, uh, should the Seventy Sixers be concerned? Jesus, I don't know. It didn't seem like his back was giving him any issues today because he carried the hell out of him. He did um, go out of the game that stretched his back at one point, and he, you could see that he was sometimes bending over, stretching a bit. So you could see that it was a bit stiff, but it still right. hasn't been showing up in his play. Yeah, man, but he's a gamer. Like, um, you know, he, he fights through it. And and I think in the very beginning, and I'll admit, th- admit this, like in the very beginning when, when the whole trust the process stuff was, was, was going on and what was it raise the cat thing going on it was so annoying and i hated <laughs> i was so tired of seeing all that crap on 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 twitter and and social media um but he's grown on me like and Pete is, is just grown on me and i think um i think he's he's a great great talent and even with a hurt back he still dropped you know 33 what, on us side 33 on us like jesus christ um my buddy david um and Maybe we'll have him on one day, but uh, he's another Spurs Twitter family. But, but we always, there was this, this back and forth that we always had, like, who do you take? Do you take, and who do you take and build build the team around? Do you do you take Ben Simmons and start with him? Or do you take Embiid and start with him? And my take was always Embiid. Like, you got to go with Embiid. Like, this dude can do everything. He can defend. He can shoot. He can, you know, move around with, without the basket. He can rebound. Like, this dude is just, if it wasn't, like, if you were to remove both of their injury history and, and give them perfect health, like, who would be the best person to build your team around? I take Embiid all the time. I don't know who you take, Ty. I'd always, I used to always take Kawhi, and I guess I still would because Kawhi is a generational talent himself, plus you want a great two-way player, and we'll talk about Kawhi coming up, but... Whenever, if I ever do anything 2K, I'm always throwing Kawhi in there because Kawhi, yeah. it's either Ka- so, Ka- Kawhi or Kyrie for me. But but what about between between Simmons and Embiid? Because that's that's what the Sixers are doing there. I mean, that's their 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 core right now. So who would you who would you build the team around? Would you build it around Simmons or would you build it around Embiid? Embiid Embiid is a better all around player. Because uh, and unlike he showed it tonight, unlike Simmons, he can still have a th- outside shot. Right, right. <laughs> he can and, shoot all over the place. So. And you can see that there's kind of a kind of a turn where the big men are coming to power, where it's a stretch forward more of it than anything. But with Chris Stoppardzingas, Anthony Davis, but and Jokic in some some ways too. But I just like the all around versatility of Simmons, uh, not Simmons of Embiid. Simmons, 
he's not all around. He's a great team player. He can dish he can dish the ball out. He's tall enough to get rebounds. He can still score inside. But if someone's going to be if someone has a great if someone has a player like Embiid on the inside, he's going to get punched every time. And mm-hmm. he can't and he can't resort to a mid range shot or a jump an outside shot whenever he's stuck with only doing layups. Right, right. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree hundred percent. All right, to so the next one. This one just happened happened Wednesday night. Oladipo left the game with a serious right knee injury, and according to Woj, the preliminary exam shows that VO may be done for the season. This is going to hurt Indiana big time. God, man, that sucks so bad. Dude, and I, especially, especially, sorry, being VO, especially being VO. It's, VO is, besides being, I've always liked VO, even since he was with the Magic. And... And 2K, I don't know. I think I found the secret in like 2K16 or something. But he would always have like it. He would always get to like a 95 overall. And so I always liked VO. Plus he had sick dunks to it at some time. <laughs> but you saw that the magic, he was kind of good, but what didn't fit in. Thunder, he definitely did not fit in around Russell Westbrook, Paul George. But well, what? Not, not Paul George. So he got traded for Paul George. But right. once he got traded from Paul George and went to Indiana and became the became the alpha dog, he would just went off and he led that team. And currently this team this Indiana team is thirty two and fifteen. They're at third place in the East. I know the East is not the greatest, but they're still with they're still competing against Philadelphia, Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, and they're at third place against all three of those teams. Yeah, man, I Oladipo is one of those guys that's just overall likable. Like there's nothing there's nothing in his game. There's nothing in his personality that make you dislike him. He's just this, just a great guy. He's got awesome pipes too. Like I don't know if you've heard some of his 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 music, but this dude can sing. Um, so like, just it sucks when things happen to those you know those type of people. It sucks when it happens to any player. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. But it it sucks when um like you just feel so bad because you have this you want them to you want the best for them regardless of what team they're on. You know he's one of those people that can transcend the team, and you just like him because of who he represents because of the sport he plays in you know like we always like to see like we always want to attach ourselves to these these players that transcend their teams and kind of represent the overall um nba and you say like man look look at these athletes that the nba has compared to some of these other sports like it's amazing what they have and what they're doing and oladipo is one of those people that just i mean it just sucks that it has to happen to him like that exactly all right it's a terrible tragedy and in the final one Kawhi has been rested for four straight games, including the game tonight against Indiana. And he's been missing the games for load management. We say this as Spurs in those air quotes because, hmm, it sounds a bit familiar. <laughs> and if, as I think as Spurs fans, we're always just going to be, if we see something about Kawhi resting, we're always going to shoot at it. It's just what what has anybody come out and exactly asked what load management is do did we ever ask what injury management is <laughs> we never really we asked ever. these management questions at all I don't think, yeah i don't think we ever got like a solid answer to what injury management is now they now toronto made load management you, you see what they did they changed injury and they put load in it so that way it can kind of throw us off the scent a little bit. They're sneaky that way. And they, they lost tonight against Indiana 110-106, even without VO. So, But uh, looking at Kawhi, he's been having a good season himself. Been looking Like you said earlier, he's looking like he's the oh, the 16th, was it the 16-17 season 
Kawhi. Yeah, 15, I mean, even the 14-15, 14-15, 16-17 Kawhi, like, he was phenomenal. Yeah, he's he is averaging, uh, he's shooting 50% from the field, averaging 36 from three, um, score, scoring about 27 points per game, seven rebounds, three assists, and half a block. Jesus. He, I can't, usually he uses a steel, steals leader, but I can't tell where he is right now. But he's still having a good season, and Toronto definitely can use him. Especially with Kyle Lowry being kind of iffy lately on injury, uh, Jonas Valanciun has been out, but but having a load management, four straight games. I can understand that three first games because they were kind of against the lower quality teams, but still, you need to be worried. If you were a Toronto fan, never mind that your and your history of the Spurs, would you be worried? Well, I mean, I think Toronto has a different perspective than than us Spurs fans, you know, um, and it varies because there's some people that that agree with 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 our perspective and there's some people that think we're you know we're complete idiots for for still kind of being upset about it um so they they obviously have an entirely different perspective than we do and i think as a toronto fan looking through that perspective of you know of Kawhi's past and what he's gone through in the past especially or what he went through this past year with us i think you have to worry a little bit. You ha- you have to kind of, this is what they call the writing on the walls. Like you have to see the writing on the wall. Okay, things might not end up the way we want them to or we think they're going to end up. He might end up going to LA, very well end up going to LA. This might all be part of that plan. You know, all these load managements, all these missed games, little ones here and there, you know, these, these two or three games that he's missed, you know, back to backs and stuff like that. Like that, that's that's the writing. That's and somebody put it perfectly. That's you know for for there not being a fire, there's definitely some smoke. Um, and and being a, and going changing my optics and going back to a Spurs fan, we're jaded. You know, a lot of us we are. Where a lot of us were were like, you no, know, Kawhi staying. Kawhi is a spur for life. You know, he's he's heir apparent to Tim Duncan. Like he's the next one to lead us for the next ten years. So a lot of us defended him when there was a small minority of people saying, no, he's gone. You need to get over him. You know, it's going to happen. And, uh, and I was I was one of those people defending him. I was trying to be the optimistic person. And my dad was saying, this seems iffy whenever he didn't show up for the playoff game. And he, my dad was going against him. I kept trying to tell my dad, come on, you got you to come on in with this. Andrew, he's trying, to get, he's trying to get checked out. And then I kind of lost my trust for him after that. And I really wanted to cheer him on once he was in Toronto. But I just can't. I can't really put myself to cheer for him. No, yeah, and and I was, and I will admit, I was, I was the same way. I was like, you know, in the very beginning, um, I was, I was completely on his side. I was like, no, no, no. There's, you know, that's just that's a bunch of baloney. It's it's not gonna happen. You know, he's going to, it's going to, um, he's gonna stay, and it's just it's all bullshit. And then little by little, my perspective changed, and I was like, okay. I might be wrong, so I'm changing my mind to if it happens, it happens, and we at least need to either get something in return for him that's good, or, or you know what, like good riddance, just get rid of him. Yeah. I don't want to deal with it. And and then got to that point. Eventually, it got to the point where it's like I don't give a shit what happens at this point. I just want him off the team because of all this drama, and I just want to focus on uh, focus on the future. And especially, and I think the biggest the biggest thing that that hurt me because of my favorite player, the biggest thing that hurt me was he took away Manu's last year. Um, you know, it, it could have been, Manu's last year could have been so much better 
Mm-hmm. And, and so much, so much more um, impactful, I guess. Yeah. But the narrative wasn't about Manu. And I know Manu doesn't doesn't give a shit about, about that. But we do. As fans, we have that connection with him. And so I feel like, and I think that that's the one thing I'm always going to hold against Kawhi. He took that away from, from Manu and he took that away from us as fans. Exactly. Not not intentionally, obviously not intentionally, but Still. indirectly, like that was that was what was left in its wake and it just it pissed us off. So going back to it as Toronto fans, I think they need to start seeing the writing on the wall. <laughs> I just had to. I I've had this I've had this queued up for like since last week and I was like, I can't find a use for it last week. I gotta use it now. So. Uh, that was fantastic. That was, that was spot on. We'll, we'll use that, that. We'll use that to end that segment of the injury roundup. Uh, we're just kind of go. Now we're going to run through the rumor roundabout. I know I had to find synonyms for going around, going around shit. But we're just going to run through these. Shouldn't spend too much time because we are two weeks away from the trade deadline, and we are definitely going to have some tr- sort of trade deadline show. But so first one, mellow. Finally traded from the Rockets. I completely forgot that he existed for for about a month or so. I completely did. I was like, I thought I thought I thought the Rockets let go of him when I got saw the news. Oh, Melo's been in talks. And I was like, wait, Melo was still on the Rockets? When? Yeah, I, didn't even, <laughs> when? I didn't even know he was still he was still on the roster. I don't think he ever even logged a minute. No, he no he logged a few minutes early in the season, and then after that, it hasn't gone anywhere. So he's tra- he's traded to the Bulls. This historic franchise is going to start Melo. Wait, never mind. He's not going to be starting at them with them at all. He's going he's to be going to the Lakers. He's going to be held on that team until the trade deadline. If the Bulls cannot get anything for him, then they will waive him. This is Melo's. Melo's going to be looking for his sixth team in three years. This and the team after the Bulls, it will be his seventh total team. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. You, you, you got a writing on the wall, man. Got to hang it up at a certain point. Just say, screw it. I had a good career. Exactly. I'm probably a Hall of Famer. Um, you yeah, know, my book, he's overrated, but I'll have to give him early. I opened a pack in 2K though, as like like rookie best cards. I'm like, all right, come on, David Robinson was the 2K card like featured on it. All right, I got something. I got something. Crap. I got mellow. <laughs> I got I got rookie mellow. And then you know what else? It, Add insult to injury was in that pack. What? I had a Lakers jersey and a Lakers basketball court with a me- <laughs> with a mellow shoe. I was like, "Damn, this pack sucks." That's exactly like everything you don't want as a Spurs fan. <laughs> it's like, I don't want mellow. I don't want Lakers. I don't want mellow shoe. Damn, this pack's shit. But uh, <laughs> so he, so but he's gone from the Knicks to the Thunder. To the Hawks, who he played a, a historic historic career with the Hawks, over to Houston, <laughs> now to the Bulls. That's five teams. Now he's looking for a six, and this is in the span of three years. And he's been on four. He's going to be on four teams in the span. He was on two, three teams in the span of less than a half then and less than an off season. Yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, like I said, it's at a certain point. It's just like. When do you realize you can't contribute to an NFL franchise or uh, sorry, an NBA franchise? Like, at what point do you realize, like, hey, maybe I'm just, you know, these teams are are, are passing passing me by because I'm not that good anymore. He's not. He's I can't contribute. Like, 
and, and you know what what's what's even crazier about this and i don't want to spend too much time on, on mellow but i think it's funny how social media hypes up these players like all the mellow hype tapes like the hooded mellow mellow's um, the best you know. <laughs> don't trash on mellow <laughs> it's like oh my god hooded mellow or like oh my god look at him in his la fitness gym like oh. he's ready he's game ready holy shit <laughs> Mellow just dropped 20 points on a rec team. Wild-hooded. <laughs> Best player ever. Hall of Famer. Number one overall. <laughs> he's back. Mellow's back. Mellow's like, back now, and he's wanting revenge. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's not give Mellow any too much time. I'm yeah, having, sorry, Mellow. I was having too much time with... I was having too much fun just going to the back room and shouting. <laughs> Mellow's the greatest of all time, boy! Yeah, let's not spend so much time on that. Alright, the next of the biggest news is Gasol and Conley. Mark Gasol and Mike Conley of the Grizzlies. They gonna be traded? Are they? Yeah, I, I mean, it's official. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies are putting them on the block, which is crazy. The corner, your two cornerstone guys that you had so much success with. Um, it, it's it, That's kind of like... And it's not to the same magnitude as Timmy and Manu and, and Tony leaving, but it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty akin to that. I they're, mean, they're two top Mem- players. They're two biggest players to the whole team, and they're about to drop them like that. Right, exactly. Like, you know, I feel for Memphis. Like, as is, you know, from one quote unquote small market team to another, hey, you know, we feel you. We we understand your pain. Exactly. And it sucks that it has to go down this way. If it does, you know, um. I've always liked Conley. I like both of those those guys. Those are two other guys, that just like you know, Vo. That you know, they're just good dudes that you just want to see them mm-hmm. do well, and you hate to see them lose and just get shit on all the time. So, um, you know, so, um, yeah, I think I think they're gonna. If Memphis is smart, they just need to transition to the the Jaron Jackson area and that Jaron exactly. Jack, Jackson era, and that's it. Just get it over and done with. Trade the two biggest two biggest anchors on your team right now that are holding you down, just get it over with, draft and get a bunch of um, draft picks and move on. I'm referring to the Lakers, to the Grizzlies, not the Lakers. Uh, the Grizzlies Sorry. and Hawks are discussing trades, a trade center run Chandler Parsons. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's see if they throw in anyone else in that trade, but that's some of the rumors. <laughs> uh, the other rumor that was kind of circling around and it kind of resolved itself and but might come back up is Dennis Smith of the Mavs. Um, it was kind of showing that he doesn't really fit with uh, Luka Doncic. But then it was told today that uh, he came back with the team, that he's everything's resolved. But I'm also seeing more reports of the Mavs inquiring about Kemba Walker. There was a trade trade kind of thrown up where they could trade Dennis Smith, Harrison Barnes, and DeAndre Jordan for Gasol and Conley. Is this trade ever going to happen, or is this thing resolved? You know, I don't know if... Well, first of all, I think Kemba Walker's not going anywhere. He's staying there, mm-hmm. period. Um, and he's even said it himself. He's like, you know, I'm, he's, I'm not that type of person. Um, look, I want to build something here, which is great. I mean, he has Jordan. I know Jordan's not the best GM or owner, but they're building something in Charlotte right now that, you know, they could possibly, well, they can build around Kemba and Kemba's that person that you're going to want to build around that amazing, amazing point guard. The only problem is he is 30 though. And he's kind of. I know that he's he's still in his prime. Thirty is still a prime age, but you can't. Hey, they're still in the they're still in the playoffs right now. At this they point, are. they're you know one game of under five hundred. So, whereas opposed to like other years where they 
were never even in contention. So they're fighting right now. Yeah, they're fine. All right, the last one is the Lakers are interested in anyone. Are they going to get Kawhi? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. That's why I had a Kawhi laugh. But not, not. I don't think. Um, I don't think they're they're getting Kawhi. Period. And I think the Clippers. That's where Kawhi goes to. But, but uh, um, going going to what I was saying. But the Lakers seem like they're interested in anyone. They're looking at Kemba. They're looking at Saul Conley. They're looking at Melo. They just we you and I were talking in, in Twitter on about this where. Lakers just seem like they're interested in everyone, and we need we're going to go more in depth in a later episode. But it looks like that even before they had LeBron, they were always looking for something. They always felt desperate, and now they they had the LeBron effect that they're feeling desperate again. What do you, what do you think on this? You know, and I think uh, I think that's all right. Or everything that you said is is correct. Like the Lakers were always trying to swing for for big names. Um, it's it's um, and I think it, it it has to do you know with with their name brand and they want to bring in all these name brand people and make them all stars and they think that they can just fit all these stars into one team and make it work and I think right now that's what you're seeing it's not working you know like you have all these guys that they have on their team have some type of notoriety you know some type of fame like Glenn Stevenson you know he's a clown of the NBA you know he. He's just weird, eccentric person that, you know, does these crazy things. And he, he's made a name for himself like that. You know, Michael Beasley has said some pretty outlandish things that like he's better than Kevin Durant or something like that. He said something to those things where, where he's as good a scorer as Kevin Durant or something like that. Um, You know, and then Javal McGee has that like that attitude, that bad boy attitude where, you know, now he's a champion you know, because he was with the Warriors, and so he's got that swag and, you know, that name recognition. And so I think at this point, like, they're just trying to swing. They're just trying to shoot at everything just to see, like, hey, what can we bring in to make this team better and to gel better? Um, so, yeah, they're just they're just interested in everybody. I think they have a line to every single GM office. It's just like, hey, what do you guys what do you, what want? Do you give us for this? <laughs> what do you want? What do you so. guys got for Melo? <laughs> you, you, want, you, want, you want Kyle Kuzma? We'll call you back. <laughs> but uh, we even saw last year where the where the not the Lakers blew up, but the Cle- the Cavaliers blew up for for uh jo- not Josh Hart for Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson. and and uh what's it, what's his name Larry Nance Larry Nance, Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, they, they again LeBron LeBron had the, the LeBron effect. I think he's just he's trying to stash as many stars as possible as he can and. Uh, and look where he left Cleveland. He left Cleveland in, in a pretty pretty awful spot. So, we'll we'll get we'll talk more about the LeBron effect probably next week. But mm-hmm. so let's wrap this up. We're gonna pre- let's just do a quick preview. We got three games again next between this show and next show. We got the next game is Saturday night. Pelicans go against the Sp- I think the Spurs are at the Pelicans. They're not gonna have Anthony Davis. That's gonna be interesting. And see the Spurs. Demar is probably gonna have a have chipped on his shoulder again, he's going to want to light it up. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I think not having, not having Anthony Davis is going to be huge. Um, but again, I think it's, what, what is it called? The Smoothie Center? This, the Smoothie King Center. <laughs> yeah, Smoothie King badass, Center. Badass arena names. That's <laughs> why I think. Whenever we go there, we just play like shit. So 
That's, while that's while they don't have Anthony Davis, which that dude just lights us up all the time. Um, they still got Randall. They still got Randall. They still got Drew Holiday. Um, they still got Meritich. Um, you know, it, and it just seems like these nobodies always go off against the Spurs. So one of those guys is probably going to have like a 40-20 game or something. Like it's just going to be nuts. Yeah. Julius Randall's probably going to drop 40 and grab 20 rebounds. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, the next game is it's because that is a back-to-back. Luckily, the Spurs got the Wizards, so they might be able to rest some guys if they pop once. But it's kind of been known that the back-to-backs have never been fortunate. I think Spurs only have one back-to-back win. But we're going over a Wizards that are John Wallace kind of out. They're just kind of there. But you do have to worry about Bradley Beal. Yeah, the, I mean that's that's another one of those teams that is. Um... They can't play down to their competition. I mean, because we all know the Wizards are pretty trash. I mean, this year in past years they've been really good, but they just they just don't have they don't have their star player though. So that's right. it's really affecting them. So, so we'll see how that goes. And then the the last game. Luckily, we do not need to record this after a game on Wednesday because we have a Tuesday game against the Suns. Let's see, <laughs> if we play down to our competition again. Yeah, Hopefully they. Not. You know, I think the Suns have have kind of, um, uh, I guess they they're playing a little bit better, even though they're still the last in the conference. But you know, Aiton's kind of coming into his own a little bit. Um, Devin Booker is still Devin Booker, like he's still gonna get yeah, his. Josh Jackson still his. So uh, again, these are they can go on a three zero win streak. Um, looking a little bit ahead to the to the Nets, they could possibly go. I mean, they could win. They could go five and zero, um, come you know February the first week in February. Yeah, they could so, possibly go six and zero before they meet Golden State. Yeah, so we'll so. we'll get into the we'll get into those games we'll later. Get into but those later. We'll, right, right, right. But we'll but, we'll be back here again next week. We'll be recapping those three games we just previewed. But uh, you can check out you can check at the line at our home base at at the line dot com. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. And at our new network, the Pulse Podcast Network. And I'll give you a bit more information on that. You can also find us at on Twitter, at Pod. I got rid of those underscores that I messed up last week that no one heard. So, Because the last time I, I think the old original Twitter handle was at underscore the underscore line. Yeah, that was not going to work. <laughs> so, But you can find us at Twitter, at Pod. And then you can find me, Ty, and you can find Mac on Twitter as well. I am Ty Yeager Radio. And he is MacPen Media. You have anything else to say, Final? No, we're good. Y'all have a great, great week. And uh, go Spurs, go. Go Spurs, go. At the Line is a part of the Pulse Podcast Network. You can visit PulsePodcastNetwork.com for more podcasts like ours. We got we there's some podcasts in Celtics. I believe that there's Kings. We got, we got some comedy podcasts. You got some NFL podcasts. But go visit, go visit and check out those other podcasts at PulsePodcastNetwork.com or you could download the app on the Pulse Podcast Network app on Apple, on the Apple App Store or on Google Play Store. Again, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back here again next Thursday. So go to the line. We're at the line. Oh, dang it. I just remembered. I messed up. I messed up Brett's entrance. You know what I was going to say? What? I was going to say, now at the line is Brett. Oh, nice. Ah, and good. I messed it up. That's good. All right, make sure I don't forget that next week. So right. I, I, cannot, I cannot mess that up for two weeks in a row. So, Well, we'll go ahead and put that on the script. So we'll see it. All right, guys, we'll see you again next week. For now on, stay at the line and go Spurs go.